Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont, and I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for well over 15 years. With Wealth Tactic Rebels, we try to bring you content that provides both noteworthy and uncommon tactics, as well as content that you can start applying to your life to help bring you prosperity. But Rebels, we need your help to continue to improve. Help us by going to your preferred listening medium, whatever that is you're listening on right now, and rate and review our show. Let us know what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and also, if there's anything you found resonating with you about this particular episode, let us know that as well. Today, we're joined by a guest. Yasmin Foraj. Yasmin, how are you today? I'm great, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. Well, fantastic. I'm glad to have you and taking your time on while well, we're recording today on a Saturday. <laughs> so doubly appreciative of your time today. You're very welcome. So we always talk here at Wealth Tactic Rebels uh, with our base philosophy of we believe there's a lot more to be had by first avoiding losses before chasing a rate of return. And there's a lot of ways that that spreads out into efficiencies and talking about things like opportunity cost loss and reducing those and, and leveraging, um, understanding that. There's many tactics to money that uh, aren't commonly talked about. And, and it includes th- those same kinds of tactics expand out into one of the biggest influences in our wealth, which is our business. And mm-hmm. so today we're going to talk about with Yasmin is making your money work for you, not for someone else, which I believe is the key. <laughs> and Yasmin is, of course, a, an entrepreneur and an expert in this making your money work for yourself. And she works with people on what she calls a 20-hour work week, which to me sounds like an efficient way to live. <laughs> well, Tech Rebels, before we get into this, just do us a favor, go on to your preferred source for this podcast, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify or whatnot, and please rate and review this and leave us a little message either there or on our website at wealthtacticrebels.com. Let us know specifically today, help Yasmin and I out, what did you find inspired you in today's episode or will inspire you, I should say, because <laughs> we haven't talked about it yet. But <laughs> So let's get into it. Yasmin, would you mind sharing a little bit with our listeners about where you came from, what inspired you to do what you do today? Sure. Yeah. So again, it's great to be here. So I'm the creator of Tiny Time Big Results, which is all about how to have a profitable 20-hour week business. Now, I've been running this business since 2014. Two years prior to that, I was made redundant from my corporate career, and Mm -hmm. I was in corporate for 12 years. Right. And I used to be vice president of leadership development, and Mm -hmm. it was you know, it was kind of like following on from the global financial crisis, right, you know, jobs right. were lost. And even though a few years after the crisis, I lost my job and my eldest son was only 15 months old at the time. We right. live in rural Ireland. So the chance of me getting an equivalent type of a job was going to, didn't exist in our locality, mm-hmm. which was about two, what is two hours away. Right. And I didn't want to do that. Didn't want to be a commuter mom. We yeah. wanted to have more kids. And so I made a decision that I was going to start my own business. Right. I'd always wanted to have my own business, but this was kind of like, okay, now's the time to mm-hmm. really make mm-hmm. it happen. And the first two years, I really just didn't know what I was doing. I obviously come from big business, but when it came to marketing yeah. and selling myself, I really didn't know what I was doing. And so it got to the point where when my daughter was born, 
I was really struggling. Like, you know, you've got a three-year-old at home, I've got a newborn baby and yeah, yeah. so stressed because I was like, I haven't got time. I haven't got time for this. And it was just this negative mantra. And mm-hmm. I kind of thought, okay, you're not getting very far here. Right. How can you turn this around? And the question then became, well, how can I make it work? Yeah. And that's really where Tiny Time Big Results came from was if I only have a few hours a day, how can I make the most of the time that I have so that I can still have a profitable business so that I can still be with my kids and still feel like as if you know I've got a semblance of balance and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Right. And that's really where this all started from. Right. Good place. That's, I think, a very important thing for people. They want to enjoy what they're doing. Many people may not enjoy what they're doing. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those people that's looking for something more. Maybe you already enjoy what you're doing, but you're looking to improve it. And to have that quality of life, I think is important. Mm -hmm. It's not just work, work, work all day, every day, but then you're missing out on a lot of else. I, I mean, for me, I do talk about wealth and I think wealth is important, but I think wealth is important to bring a quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. I think wealth for me is not just about the amount of money that you make or the amount of money that you have. It's about the time that you're spending with your loved ones. It's about the time that you get to just have some fun. So wealth for me has always been more of a perspective. It's like, you know, that you you can enjoy what you're doing. And, And I think that's really important that, you know, especially for those people that are maybe doing work that they don't love or that they've outgrown. Right. It's like, what is it that I'm here to do? How yeah. can I add yeah. more value to this world and do what I love and get well paid for it? Right. Fantastic. Sounds good. So building wealth is creating assets, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, for our philosophy, it's that whole avoiding loss, right? So you want an asset that isn't something that's just going to go away. And I think this is something that people can really see with what's going on in the world right now. Because the time of this mm-hmm. recording, which is the beginning of April 2020, there's been a lot of loss going on. The markets have gone down drastically with the biggest single day losses in history. And millions of people have been losing their jobs because of what's going on in the world right now. So a lot of people, all of a sudden, their assets are down drastically and they have no income stream. And not just a few people, millions, record numbers. Uh, I think last week, Yasmin and I were just talking about here in the US, I'm not sure what it is. She's in Ireland, but here in the US, it was something like 6.3 million people uh, had file for unemployment, just record numbers, just amazing. So all those people no longer have a solid income. So they no longer have something to count on. And if you can build an asset that when something like this happens, when the world turns upside down, it's still, you still are employed and you still have income, then you're avoiding that loss. And that puts you in in a better position. I think so. And, you know, for so long, I think being self-employed was considered to be the really risky option Correct. that, you know, you were being super brave if you went and got created your own business. But over the years, I've really come to realize that actually being employed is incredibly risky. Like I was in right. corporate for 12 years. And it was interesting because at the time when we started making people redundant, and I was in HR, so I could see it. Right, right. And people were getting this sense of shock that how could I lose my job? I've been with this company for so many years. Right. And, you know, I was like, but you're a number in the kind of the big system. And when they don't need you anymore, you're gone. Right. And that was a real shock for people. And I said, it's not about you personally. It's just the way that it works. And when you have a business and you create, you know, streams of income in that business, 
if one starts to slow down, you can, you know, turn the tap on the other ones and make them be a little bit more fruitful for you. Whereas when you lose your job, you have one stream of income and that's gone. Right. Whereas in business, if you had, say, I don't know, 10 high value clients and one of them said, right, okay, we're done, I'm moving on or, we're, you know, our work is finished, whatever it might be, you still have nine other clients yeah. there. Exactly. And so for me, the idea of kind of building assets and wealth creation, a business is a great tool to do that. It's yeah. not easy, right. but it very it's a powerful strategy. And it's something that I encourage people to do, you know, and the whole 20 hour work week, you know, if you are working in a full time job, you could do something as a side hustle. Mm. If you're like me, I've got three young kids under nine, so mm. I'm raising them and doing the business. And I right. wanted to do something that would allow me to do both. Right. Um, so I think for a lot of people, they're probably thinking the time is going to be an issue and they don't have the time. Mm, Whereas my process is very much around, okay, well, here's the time that you have. Here's how you can make the most of it and, right. you know, do a business. All about that efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Taking advantage of the time that you have, creating the opportunity, maximizing it. I, and this is, I think, where you and I were talking about earlier, which is, is leverage. So we're leveraging our time. I mean, yeah. I talk, we talk about leveraging, you know, it's important in different ways. When it comes to your wealth tactics, we talk about it, you know, we were talking about earlier, is the uh, biggest place we see it is in, in major capital purchases, which for our listeners, major capital purchases, anything that you can't pay for out of your regular income stream. So something like probably buying a new car, most people can't pay for that out of their income stream. Or if they own a home and their roof needs repairing, usually they can't pay for that kind of repair out of their income stream or a wedding or a big vacation or, you know, this college, <laughs> you know, there's always going to be something in someone's life. There's always going to be a time when they have a cost that comes up that's outside of their regular income. And it doesn't matter what kind of income you have. I mean, something, because the more income you have, the bigger the expenses usually. Yeah. So that when you understand leverage there, you can put yourself in a position of control. You have the best option. Instead of just being caught up in an idea like, okay, I have two ways to buy this car. I can take a loan from the bank and pay them interest for the privilege of using their money. Or I can pay cash and not have to pay the bank. Well, that's the common thought, right? Oh, this cash is the cheaper way because I'm not paying 3.6% to the bank or whatever it is, right? Mm. 5% to the bank. The thing that you have to understand is that that's not how leverage works. Leverage works in both directions, right? It works, you either pay someone money for the privilege of using their money, or you give up earning interest on your money. Either way, you're paying interest. Yeah. So leverage is two-sided. When you understand it's two-sided, you can look at both sides and decide which one is the most efficient way, which one puts your money to the most work, right? Yeah. Working for you. Because you think about it, oh, if I'm paying the bank, I'm giving my money to the bank. But maybe the best way, because now you pay the bank a small interest while your money earns more interest in another opportunity. It could be in an investment. It could be in your yeah. business. Maybe it's better yeah. off being put into your business where it's getting 20, 30, 50% return on whatever you're doing, right? Exactly. Yeah, it, absolutely. And that's where leverage comes in. Right? Yeah, yeah. You talk about it a little bit differently when it comes to, to business. So I'll let you go on to that part. <laughs> so the way that I look at leverage is if I've got something here, like if I've got an asset, how can I create a greater return from right. that? And I think of it from the angle of like, what is it that I'm selling? So right. I like to create leveraged products and programs. So an example would be my book. That's a leveraged 
product because what I've done is I've poured all my knowledge and experience and expertise into a book that now sells for me. I created it once and now it sells over and over again. And it brings clients into my business because they love what I talk about and then they go, let's work together. Right. You know, so when you have a suite of leveraged products and programs where your initial, I suppose, outlay, it creates a far greater return on your investment. So online course, a digital course is another great example. You create it once and the effort and the time that goes into creating something once. But again, you can sell it over and over again and creating a great return. But you've only had to spend that you know, initial time in creating right. it. Right. And I talk about, you know, one of the big mistakes that I see business owners making is where they have in their suite of products, things that are very time hungry, oh, yeah, time course, yeah. thirsty, where literally it drains all the time out of you. If you're always doing one-on-one work with clients, if you say, for example, you're a professional speaker and you're out there, you're always on stages, mm. but you can only do that for one event at a time. Right. Whereas there's other ways that you can leverage your time, then it doesn't take up as much. And for me, it's a really important philosophy as part of Tiny Time Big Results because when you are selling your time, you always have a ceiling. You always have this cap on how much you can sell. Like if I'm only working 20 hours a week, I can't sell 20 hours a week because there's lots of other things that I need to be doing. So if I take an estimate of like 10 hours Mm -hmm. and I say I I sold an hour for $100, Mm -hmm. I can only ever make $1,000 in a week. Mm -hmm. And that puts... You know, I can't go beyond that because I have right. no more time. That's right. That's true. I've noticed this in my professional career. I had to learn how to balance because earlier on in my career, if I had a week where I was really busy being with clients, the next week I was meeting with no one because I had no time to get myself in front of any additional clients. And it was just, yes. it was this cycle like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there because what you find then is, and, and this is a common complaint that I hear from a lot of business owners. It's like, I'm so busy. I haven't got time to be marketing. Right. But then when that pipeline dries up, right. there's nothing in the pipeline. There's no new leads coming through. Right. And the thing is that when you're in business, like you will start off doing the one-on-one because you need to test what you're doing. You need to make sure it works. But there will come a time when you actually realize that that is now limiting you. Right. And so when you have leveraged products, like it could be a group program. So if somebody is in real estate, maybe they're teaching other real estate agents on how to sell more effectively or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have knowledge and expertise that other people will value. Right, right. And it's about tapping into that. And I think Mm -hmm. when people don't realize that they have this mountain of value that they have within them mm-hmm. and they just think, Oh no, 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 I don't know anything. You know, I often have this conversation with my husband and I was like, he is an absolute legend at being able to fix things. And he's like MacGyver, him and his dad, <laughs> may, may oh. like, they're like MacGyver. Nice. They're both farmers. And so if something goes wrong on the farm, they're there in their shed making contraptions and things <laughs> to get things going again. And they're amazing at it. Right. And I wouldn't have the first clue on how to do that. Right. I think the biggest mistake people make is assuming that everyone knows what we know. True. Common knowledge is not that important. Exactly. Exactly. And then you just kind of dismiss it and go, ah, no one's going to pay for that. Actually, they will. They mm. will. Mm. That's true. And this is a great day and age now with all the available technology that we have and social media and the YouTube and everything. It's really easy for people to just take something they're good at. My son, you and I were talking about our sons earlier. My son's big into the PlayStation stuff now. Your son's not yet, but it may come. (laughs) It will. I'm sure it will. (laughs) But, you know, he plays these games and he goes and he watches these YouTube channels about the games that he plays. And there are people whose entire career 
is playing that game. And they're making yeah, a good living at like, it. Yeah, he's always watching them. Yeah. He's always watching them. And he says to me, he, he always says to me, he's like, you need to do gaming on YouTube. I was like, I have no interest in Because <laughs> <laughs> he's these guys, you know, and women yeah. and men playing games. And I was like, he's just watching them playing yeah. a game. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think if you think about that, what, 10 years ago, it would have been impossible to make a career out of just playing a game for other people's enjoyment or for other people to learn about how to play that game, right? But, you know, I remember when he was younger, he used to drive me insane because he'd watch the videos of where a kid was opening up the little Kinder Eggs mm. and saying, I wonder what's going to be in this one. And I remember sitting there going, oh, my God, he has got so many subscribers because all he's doing is unwrapping Kinder Eggs. Right. So it just goes to show you that there is a huge range where you could actually put your exactly. value out. Exactly. So, you know, and if you think DIYing is not something people watch, when was the last time that you went and looked up how to do something on YouTube or just plain old Googled it? Everyone has yep. done it. How to and just all kinds of little things. And people can make a side job or an actual career out of doing that, whatever that Absolutely. subject is. We had an issue with our water pipes and I was there Googling away and I was like sitting there going, I think this could be water hammer. When I rang the plumber, I think it could be water hammer. And I was like sitting there going, this is the person who would have never heard of water hammer before Googling, you know, right, now right. I'm an expert. <laughs> right, right. And even for a plumber, like you're talking about, if you're a plumber, you're technically self-employed, right? Or might be, probably yeah. will be, and you have limited hours, but you've been doing this for a long time. You're good at it. You make a YouTube channel on how to do whatever it is you do, changing the pipes, fixing the water hammer problem, whatever it is, and yeah. you, know, you start getting that out there. You can make courses on for people, training people how to do things. There's all kinds of ideas, and then you start creating something that is working for you beyond your hours, beyond what you can do personally. Absolutely. One of my earliest clients, she would make celebration cakes, occasion cakes, you know, like right. for weddings, christenings and parties and birthdays and all that kind right. of stuff. But it's labor intensive. Right. But when she worked with me, we were trying to figure out how she could create an additional stream of income. Right, right. And so we came up with the idea of you know, DVDs, this was a few years ago, so DVDs around how to do like a Halloween cake, right, you know, right. simple decorations, and she's still selling those. Right. And I think it was just an eye opener for her to see that she didn't actually have to be physically there. Right. To be able to still make money. Correct. Yeah. And I think that I remember the first time I created my first digital product and I sold it and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like mm. this now it has so much potential and it's always excited me. And I think, oh, what else can I do? You know, what else can I teach? And sure. when you value what you know, then you can see that there are so many opportunities out there. But I think that that is probably one of the biggest challenges that I see is that people don't value what they know. Mm, there it is. Okay. So it kind of comes comes around to something I talk about with people a lot is, is the mindset, how you're thinking about what you do, what your business is, mm -hmm. what your skills are, your knowledge. It's all the mindset, mm -hmm. the way you think about it, yeah. which is yeah. when you think differently about it, <laughs> then... Oh, you open up a world of possibilities. Yeah, you kind of start seeing it with new pair of eyes and you think, oh, I never even thought of that. I never mm. thought that I could do that. Mm. And it gets people excited, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that that's when we have a sense of excitement about the work that we're doing. And it, again, it goes back to the whole idea. Like for me, it's about having a business that really fills your heart, but it yeah. also fills your, your wallet that right. you think, oh, no, I'm actually doing something here. Yeah, true. Very good. So let's go on to the next part of the conversation here. Let's assume that our Wealth Tactic Rebels have been listening to this and they say, you know what, I'm thinking this is a good idea. 
how do I do this 20 hour work week? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I look at it in two phases. The first phase is to get fully booked with clients so that you're attracting clients and cash consistently. Because when you don't have that revenue coming in every month and you're not attracting clients, it's really uncomfortable. It's not a good place to be because you're stressing and worrying about the bills and all the things that you have to pay for. Mm. So that's really your solid foundation. And I have a Mm -hmm. process that I take people through. And what that process looks like is, first of all, you get really clear on what your marketing message is. So like, what is it that you do and who do you do it for? Right. So for someone who's thinking about, I would really love to start a business, think about the problem that you solve for somebody. What is that big problem that they have and they just don't know how to fix it? Mm. So what is it that you do and who do you do it for? So that's your first piece. Right. And your next day is what's my offer? Like, how do I help this person? Do I work with them one-on-one for six weeks? Maybe if it's a life coach, for example, and they're thinking, oh, I help people with weight loss or whatever it might be. You know, what's that process that I work with people and and to help them create that transformation, to help them solve the problem? Then the third step is around client attraction. So it's really your marketing. How are you attracting clients? How do you tell people what it is that you do and who you do it for and, and how you can help them? Right. And then the fourth step is really around getting good at sales and selling. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when I first started, that was the bit that I really struggled with was marketing and selling. Yep. Because when it became about me and what I could do, it became very, very personal. Not realizing that actually it was nothing to do with me as a person, but it was about my ability to deliver on the promise that I had made to mm. them. When you focus on your message, your offer, Um, how you attract clients and how you convert those prospects into paying clients. Mm -hmm. When you really nail that, you now have a flow of clients coming into you consistently. You now have a flow of income coming into you consistently. Now it feels like you've got space to breathe and think, okay, great. I'm doing something that works. My clients are getting results because that's what people want. Nobody wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking, God, I'd love a bit of life coaching. (laughs) A specific result. So that's phase one. Then phase two for me is going beyond being fully booked. So it's about creating multiple streams of income. Because if you bear in mind, this is through the filter of the 20 hour week business. And I want a business that's going to be thriving. So I Mm -hmm. need multiple streams of income. So it could be that you decide that you want to write a book or create an online course. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ways of creating a lucrative income is through premium packages where you package up massive value. Mm -hmm. Not time, but massive value. Right, right. Offer that to those people who are looking for a premium version of what you do. That's a really great way of actually making a lucrative income in tiny time. I mean, that's the key right there, though, is is the value, right? And you can, that's another thing, too. Like, you can step up the value to bring in that extra income. Yes, absolutely. And honestly, like, and I think people get stuck in like, oh, I couldn't ask people, I couldn't put a big ticket price on something, but it depends on the value. Like if you can show them that this is going to create this incredible transformation for them and it's something that they really want, they will be willing to pay for it. And in everybody's audience, when you think about the audience of your business, there will be a small percentage of people who are looking for the premium. Right. And if you don't have a premium version, you're leaving money on the table. Right. Agreed. Sure. Okay. So we've got the two phases and a little bit of a rough guide to get through that. And of course, I'm sure that you'd be willing to answer more questions if any of our listeners have, sure. any of our Wealth Athletic Rebels have any more questions. I'm sure Yasmin would be happy to help fill in more of those details for you. What about 
like the time horizon, the, the time frame that we're looking at for this, because some people are going to want to have a rough idea of how long this is going to take. I know this is not a get rich quick scheme. So Ooh, no. you're not going to do this in three months and be, hey, I'm good. I'm sitting on the beach sipping my ties now. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And anybody who does say that, run away from them fast. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I found that. So what kind of time frames are people looking at for this? I normally say you're looking really around six to 12 months mm -hmm. to be able to establish a solid business. You know, even if you just spend the next six months just working on getting clients into your one on one practice, like mm -hmm. if you're just starting and just getting one on one clients, because, you know, say your financial goals is maybe it's 5,000 a month, maybe it's 10,000, and you think, okay, I'm going to work on getting that. Right. If right. you follow the steps, and this is, I think, the really important piece, like it's not rocket science, mm -hmm. it's actually about being consistent with what you're doing because yep, so many people yep. get paralyzed with indecision or with doubt and with overwhelm right right whereas a big believer that if you just show up every day and you put your message out there you mm -hmm. tell people how you can work with them you share really great content that's going to get them thinking about how they can do this and you work on your own selling skills and to take those people from being prospects into paying clients like you focus on that for the next six months and don't be too broad with what you're trying to do. Because I often get a lot of people saying to me, like, I want to help people be the best that they can be or help them to live their best life. And I was like, it's right. too big, too broad. I need you to go a lot more specific. More niche. What specific yeah. problem do you solve? Because that is actually one of the biggest challenges is people go way, way, way too broad. And they're mm. like, I'm going to help you have the amazing life. And I went, no, tell me specifics. Because when we want some specific help, we're going to go looking for a specialist. We're right. not going to go looking for a generalist who says, oh, yeah, sure, I can help you with your weight or I can help you with your relationships. No, I need someone who's going to be absolutely on the money on Knows this topic. this specific issue, correct. Exactly, exactly. So if you look at it and go, okay, six to 12 months, I can give myself a really good start on this. And then you just have to keep building on that and you just right. keep building momentum. Six to 12 months would be like phase one? Well, I would say six months would probably be like your phase one mm -hmm. and then after that, you see, it's phase two. It's really about maybe putting an online element like an online course out there mm -hmm. and premium package. Like you don't have to overcomplicate this. For right, me, it's right. really important. Like there's two words that I use in business all the time, the simplify and amplify. Mm -hmm. So if you have a very simple business model, which is something along the lines of an online course, which maybe is around like say zero to 199 dollars mm -hmm. approximately mm -hmm. euros pounds then you have something that's kind of more mid-level so maybe around 200 to 2000 mm -hmm. and then anything above 2000 if you have those three levels that's all you need so right. that's you simplifying your business model and then you amplify your focus on those so you're not reinventing the wheel those three levels are iterations of the same core transformation right I'll explain what that means. So like if you say you are helping someone to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks, right? right? Your core program is probably going to be like, say, six week or an eight week program. And maybe you charge a thousand for that. Mm -hmm. But with your online course, you might turn the same content mm -hmm. into an online course that they can just buy for $100, $200 and they do it themselves. Right, right. And then the premium level could be the same program again, mm -hmm. but now they get time with you. Right. And they get one-on-one -on -one mentoring, coaching, that kind of thing. So mm. it's the same program, but you're creating different versions of that, yeah. which again goes back to our concept of leverage. Mm. I like the idea of that too, because if you were to think about it and you were that coach trying to help people lose weight, and you're trying to do that, would you say 10 weeks to lose weight? 
or whatever it was, whatever the time frame was. Sounds in 10 weeks or something. I'm just making it up. (laughs) Maybe with a a particular client, normally you get $500, right? Normally, that's what you get. But now you created this tier system that brings in all kinds of value and they can see it and they start here and they see the value in that $2,000 personalization because, wow, that was so good. I can't imagine what it's like to actually work with you, right? So you've brought your personal value, your personal time value up also. Yeah, yeah. And it's really powerful because there will always be people who want that premium version. There Mm. always is. Mm. And I always say, like, you're leaving money on the table if you don't have some kind of a premium version of what it is that you do. Mm. Because if people really get massive value, they're like, oh, wow. And even if your premium package is quite, is priced quite high, Mm. depending on what that means to everybody. But then if your lower level program, Mm. is you know feels more affordable Mm. then they're more likely to buy that because they think wow that's really expensive so i can get the lower price version so they feel like they're getting a really good right so it works in both directions yep yeah yeah Yeah. and i think it's you're delivering massive value but you're doing it in a different way Mm. very nice very nice and i do want to say too for listeners who are thinking well this kind of makes sense but i don't know if i can do that the thing is is that Anyone can be successful. In my experience, I've talked to quite a few entrepreneurs at this point, and I've done a lot of my own research, and I've had experience myself. So I can say that anyone can be successful. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to, as Yasmin said, reinvent the wheel. There's a blueprint out there. Someone's already done something like what you're trying to do. All you have to do is follow their blueprint, and you'll be a lot more likely to be successful. <laughs> That's it. But as long as you can commit yourself and stick to it, And I think what's really important here as well is that what I've learned in my journey is that you can have the strategy and the strategy is so powerful because like that, it shows you Mm. these are the steps. Mm. And like I wrote my book because I wanted to stop people from making the same mistakes that I made. Like, so when I was given the example of like being too broad, Mm. that's what I did. I was being too broad initially. Mm. And then I really niched down. But for me is very much about knowing that you have the strategy and the steps, but also thinking about the person who you're being as you bring yourself to the work because if there's a part of you that says I can't do this this isn't going to work for me and you're going through the strategies and the steps and you're implementing them Mm -hmm. but every single thing that you're doing is infused with this belief of I can't do this this isn't going to work this isn't going to work then your energy is all wrong right you know you see lots of people saying like follow my way follow my method and I don't really necessarily have Mm. a blueprint I have principles that I apply to the work that I'm doing yeah because we all bring a different energy to the work that we do. Yeah. And I think this is where a power of a mentor is really kind of comes into its own because you've got someone there saying, you can do this. Look at all the evidence that says this is possible. Mm. But unless you believe it, it's not going to happen. So yeah. it does yeah. require you to be embody a different type of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. I see that going on everywhere. Easy example for people. If you've ever watched the Gordon Ramsay shows or any of those other shows like that, where they go and they change those restaurants and help rescue the yeah. restaurants. Or there's a lot of those rescue yeah. shows nowadays. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Which I love watching. I still watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching them. But when you watch those shows, you can see exactly what Yasmin is talking about there. He goes, whether it's Gordon Ramsay or someone else, goes into one of these restaurants. It's pretty, whoever's running that restaurant is usually, it's their mindset is why the restaurant is failing because they're stuck in some way on something and it's Mm -hmm. not letting them do the best they can do. And when he can go in there and change their mindset and they start thinking differently about, oh, 
I really need to do this. I want to do this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. More often than not, their restaurants pull through and become successful again. And when that person's mindset doesn't change, when they still stay negative, their restaurant still fails. And if you think about it, he does very similar things in each of the restaurants. Correct. You know, he tidies up the interiors. Mm-hmm. He simplifies the menus. Correct. Gets all the team Niche on down, board. right? <laughs> yeah. Like if you watch him, and I love watching these programs because I yep. love seeing what people do. It's like right. he has a core process of transformation yep. that he takes people through. Right. That's that blueprint. And right. Exactly. You know, like his methodology. Mm-hmm. And I'd like that. But if the person is there going, no, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And they constantly push back. But what you find is that it's the same methodology that he's applying. And I love watching it for that reason, because I kind of go, oh, he just got rid of all the clutter that was in the restaurant. And from 50 recipes, 50 things on the menu. Now they've just got like five things for a main or five things for a starter. Right. Simplified. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like you're talking about you niche down. And now instead of being so broad, you're an expert at this and people, yeah, like I, you know, I don't really like going to a restaurant and seeing like Indian dishes on one side and then Thai dishes. And then it's like, you know, which one do you do? Yeah, exactly. Well? Yeah. I know. I hear you. Cause I never used to pay attention to that until I watched those shows. Now I go into a restaurant and I see this big menu. Like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh no. What are you really good at making? Yeah. Just give me that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know. Oh goodness. Okay. So Yasmin, before we close out for today, I'm going to ask you for that Wealth Tactic Rebel value bomb, which mm-hmm. is, in your experience, what should our listeners look to avoid and what can they do about it? I think that if you are serious about wanting to start your own business or have a business that creates those assets that really creates that strong return for you, then be very, very mindful of that philosophy or that mindset that I can't do this. Mm-hmm. This isn't for me. Nobody cares about what I know. Nobody's going to buy what I know. Nobody needs it. Mm. Everybody knows this. Mm. Because when you do that, you are putting a block, a big brick wall straight in front of you, and you're not going to be able to get past that. Mm. Even though you are sitting on a huge amount of value, mm. unless you believe in the value, no one else is going to believe it. Yep. I, sales, I always say, the first sale is always to yourself. If mm. you can't sell what you're selling to yourself and believe in it, no one else will. There you go. Great starting point. So like, I guess the really the place to start is really starting yourself, working yourself, and then you can make your money work for you. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, I think, Kevin, it's, you know, when you answer that question of like, what's the problem you solve, Mm. like pick something that you know, with a hundred percent certainty and confidence that you can absolutely nail that. Right. And that's where your value comes in. And that's where your self-belief comes from. Because you go, I can do that. That's no problems at all. Yep. Then you'll come at it with a different angle uh, yep. rather than going, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Excellent advice. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our Wealth Touch Rebels today. And before we go, is there anything you'd like to share with our Rebels? Sure. If you like what I've been talking about, you'd like to know more about Tiny Time Big Results, then please do come over to my website, yasminborogy.com. If you search for Tiny Time Big Results, you'll find me. And I have a free Tiny Time Toolkit, which is I've got three guides that really help you to create that lucrative 20-hour week business. So if you go to yasminborogy.com forward slash Tiny Time Toolkit, you'll be able to get your copy. And of course, there is the book as well. So if people are interested, get that on Amazon. Very nice. Very nice. Excellent. And I'll also put your link and uh, contact information on the Wealth Tactic Rebels show page for this episode. So Wealth Tactic Rebels, if you go to wealthtacticrebels.com, 
and look for today's episode of making your money work for you, not for someone else with Yasmin Voraji, then you know, you'll find that all there. And again, Yasmin, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Kevin. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. We had a great conversation and well touched Rebels. Thank you for joining us. Hope you learned something fantastic today. Everyone stay healthy and have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit wealthtacticrebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. The information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.